0: What's going on, you crazy Floridians? Hopefully you're ready for a little vacation. Lord knows we could use one. Oh, baby. Let's just put on some flip-flops. Get on the Tommy Bahama shirt, because today we're going cruising. My name's Matt Austin.
1: And I'm Ginger Gadsden. Welcome to another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. And this one, we want you to feel like you're in a tropical paradise. So get your little drink with your little umbrella in it. I think it's going to be a really good time. It's just, you know, we're in central Florida, but we're talking to all Floridians right now because one of the big things that people like to do here, we love to cruise. It is an industry like no other here in Florida. And man, I couldn't think of a better person to talk about this industry than, and I can call him my friend because I've known him for a very long time. It's Stuart Sharone, the cruise guy, Stuart, you, you're making us so jealous. Look at that background. Thank you so much for talking to us today about something that's so important. But first of all, can you tell us what your background is right now? Because I know it's someplace you've been to.
2: Well, uh, the background there is a sail away uh, from Santorini from uh, a couple of years ago uh, in Greece as we were sailing out on, uh, I believe it was I was on uh, Seaboard Odyssey at the time.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. Uh, well, we can't uh, wait to get back to the days where we never this sail. You know, like pre-COVID is what I'm talking about. And that's what we want to talk about today, just everything cruise-related, when we reasonably think about getting back on a ship and when things will get back to normal. What's your assep- assessment of the situation, Stuart? Because each time we talk about it, the dates keep getting, the months keep getting pushed back.
2: Well, it's i'll start with telling you this it's very important to understand that when the cruise lines announce cancellations and more will uh, essentially cancel may and don't be surprised when they turn around and cancel june these are not any indications of when cruise lines expect to resume operation they are just they just know that those those sailings are canceled so they're canceling them but uh if they cancel like they're canceling may right now they are not saying that they're expecting to resume operation in June.
0: You know, uh, that makes sense because uh, they have to plan ahead no matter what. But uh, the, the question I wonder, especially being in Florida, so much of our economy is tied to cruise ships with our ports. It is just invaluable uh, to the people and the economy, especially close to the coast. Is it ever gonna recover to what it was? Are people, because I mean, we showed on the news, these visions of these ships that were just stuck out at sea. No ports wanted to take them because there was illness on board and people were sick and being flown off and there were these complicated international matters. Are you worried that people are going to be turned off to do cruises in the future, Stuart?
2: No. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Just to understand this, one, we have the three busiest cruise ports in the world, uh, Miami, Port Canaveral, and then Port Everglades. Um, the, cruise, the cruise industry right now and, and, the, and, the, and the cruise lines are uh, saying this on their earnings call that um, there is a tremendous amount of pent up demand. If they announced that they, would, they were uh, sailing with three ships this weekend, they'd fill up in a matter of minutes. Uh, so I, I often get asked, you know, do the cruise lines have uh, a lot of work to do to regain consumer confidence? And the answer is no that they don't have to do really much of anything to regain the confidence because cruising has the highest satisfaction and the highest confidence level of any means of, of transportation and, and vacation for that matter. So there, there's no issue uh, dealing with, with you know, regaining the consumer confidence.
1: Yeah, but how do you recover from something? You know, we taught Port Canaveral here in Central Florida uh, last month reported something like $43 million in losses. How do you recover from something like that?
2: Well, it's it's how fast can we get the cruise industry back up in operation? Now, right now, looking in my crystal ball, if you know we can get the cow to jump over the moon and the planets to align, there is a possibility that the cruise lines can begin to do those mandated CDC uh, test cruises out of Port Canaveral and Port Miami on three to four cruise lines on three to four ships each. Um, Hopefully, June, more than likely July, best case scenario. But uh, those may move, you know, further into the summer. Right now, it's it's all depending on the CDC. The CDC is what is holding up uh, the industry. They provided some guidelines. The cruise industry has provided, you know, their um, healthy panel sailing recommendations. The industry is ready to begin the procedure to restart, but the CDC is what is holding everything up.
0: Yeah, I I want to ask you. Yeah, I'm sorry,
2: Gigi. I want to ask you about those test
0: cruises. When people go out for these in June, July, whenever they happen, are we talking? Give us paint us a picture here. Are these going to be free for whoever gets on there? Because A, I'm interested. Uh, B, are what kind of procedures are people going to deal with? Are you going to have to wear a mask 24 seven? Are you going to have to be separate? Is it going to be complicated on the ships? Basically.
2: Well, the the idea right now there's I believe there's a lot of technology that has not been revealed yet, which is also part of the equation. The the testing. The uh, the you know there will be uh, reduced capacities. Um, the test sailings will may not include any ports. Then they may include a the private islands to kind of see how things are going. Then they may expand into including ports like Nassau Freeport. Maybe get into the Caribbean eventually. But these test sailings are going to be three to five nights uh, at most. Uh, the CDC has already mandated that a seven nights is going to be the maximum length of, of any cruise that's going to be allowed. So, you know, Panama Canal sailings, for example, uh, sailings to, uh, and from Hawaii, uh, for the, essentially the rest of the year are, are out. But, uh, you know, back here, it just makes the most sense for them to test the new protocols, whatever they may be, um, to, to begin the operation out of, you know, close by to where people can fly in and fly out and it won't be too expensive, which is why I would say, you know, there are certain destinations, um, you know, that, that are coming up or seasons like Alaska, where I, I just don't foresee uh, Alaska being able to operate um, at all at this point.
1: Talk a little bit about that. We, You said something on the phone yesterday, and I was really curious. I'm like, did I mishear him say how big the cruise industry is in Alaska? What part of the tourist dollars go to Alaska from cruising? Did you say 80-something percent? Is that 80 percent?
2: It's, it's 85% of the wow. tourist on the, uh, essentially on, you know, the, the coastal, uh, Alaskan communities, they, they get cruise ships, you know, Skagway, Ketchikan, uh, Juneau are, are immensely dependent on, on cruise passengers. Then you've got, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of passengers that would typically do those land tours where before, after the cruise, you know, out of Anchorage, between Anchorage and Fairbanks, you know, people stay in lodges. So you've got buses, trains. You know, various tours, uh, the lodges and the hotels that are involved. I mean, it's, it's a tremendous amount of the uh, economy up there, and it would be devastating to have a second year of, of no sailings. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, uh, the two biggest companies, Princess and Holland America, just canceled uh, their one-way cruises between Vancouver and, and Anchorage. Um, so that, that means that, you know, that that's, that's a huge, already a huge reduction in the number of sailings that Alaska will see. And, uh, and, and, but I can tell you there's, there actually is some interesting news on the, on the horizon where Princess Cruises and Holland America are going to open up the lodges and they're going to do so, which are, they're owned by Carnival Corporation. And they're going to do what they could they might you know look i would love to see them be able to get a hundred thousand people up to alaska so in planning you know what are we going to do this summer the europe may be off limits Uh, the uk and the eu you know are not allowing currently um, americans to come for non-essential travel so looking at you know what can we do outdoors that's safe alaska still could be an option um, doing land tours, so instead of you know going into Seattle or you know going in and out of you know Vancouver and Anchorage, people would fly into Anchorage and they have lodges. Uh, you know the Kenai Peninsula, for example, uh, heading up to um, Denali and in the Mount McKinley uh, you know lodge area, and then up to Fairbanks and home. I mean, people can get seven, you know, ten night vacations up there. And uh, it's, 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 it's absolutely spectacular. So there may be an opportunity to save part of Alaska uh, th- this summer, but on the cruise side of it, with dealing with the, you know, the CDC requirements with the, the short cruises uh, and, and being able to do the 60 day certifications and get the crew back quarantine, it's, it's a myriad of, of, of complex issues that it's going to take to get the ships back in order. And I just don't see seven night cruises. Uh, being able to take place by July or August.
1: Yeah, so you know I, I that's
2: Alaska's history.
1: It's so interesting what you say about uh, Alaska because a lot of people that that is a, a destination for a, a lot of people in Florida who just want a real change in, of environment. So you're saying it's almost the way I understand it. It's like it's all the excursions and everything except the cruising part. You get there and you can still do all of these different things.
2: Yeah, you know, a lot of people when they do cruises, Ginger in Alaska. Alaska is two ways. You can do round trip Seattle. And that is only going to get you, you know, along the, essentially it's the east, it's the western coast of British Columbia. It's a very small sliver of land um, that, where the, where the cruise lines go, Juno, Skagway, uh, Ketchikan, and then you get to visit, you know, glaciers like Glacier Bay, um, but, or Sawyer Glacier. But when you, when you do the, I mean, if you really want to see the, 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 the immenseness of Alaska, you actually have to do these tours, which are these, you know, three to seven night excursions that are after or before the cruise where you're actually in the heartland of, of Alaska. You're going from uh, the Anchorage area and then you're going up toward Fairbanks. And, you know, people don't realize how far, I mean, you know, how and how big Alaska is. And, you know, when you're, let's say flying from Seattle to Anchorage, for example, that's four and a half hours. It's it's yeah. not, uh, it's, it's like flying, almost flying back you know to orlando it's it's a long trip and uh you know when you do some of these trips and you're up in denali and let's say you're you're on a tour of saint elias national park you can't imagine what 13 and a half million acres of nothing looks like it's, <laughs> it's beautiful yeah the people up there i mean but the, the the different excursions that you can do while on these tours um you know going and uh if you love seafood i mean you you know they're they're literally catching the the salmon right there and uh uh, you know they they have salmon bakes and you know glacier rides and you you can fly over the glaciers i mean it's just it's just stunning so i'm actually you know when i when i I, you know i've been working you know trying to get the cruise lines to uh to do something with alaska and i was thrilled to hear that they were going to do it they were you know some were a little well we don't know what kind of response i think there's going to be a huge response for people to be able to get that kind of an experience, um, you know, you know, you know, for the summer when when our our travel plans are going to be so limited. I mean, it's wonderful for kids. Uh, my kids have been on numbers uh, a number of cruises um, in Alaska, but they're super excited to be able to do this this land part um, because very few people actually have get to get a chance to experience it. So you know, the summer when it's hot, you know, here in Florida, you know, people. Uh, There's a tremendous amount of people that that actually do take those Alaska cruises. And now with the option of taking the tour this summer, uh, I think it's going to be a very hot option.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there are some opportunities built into this. There's this old saying when it comes to the stock market that is my favorite. It says, when other people are being greedy, you should be scared. And when other people are scared, you should be greedy. So I'm kind of relating this to the cruise industry. People are scared. There's a lot up in the air. The cruise industry wants the business. Are there some opportunities if you love cruising and if you know you're going to want to go on a cruise again? I know there's a bucket of people out there. They're going to go cruising no matter what happens. What is the best way to capitalize on the opportunity right now? Are there good deals to be had?
2: Well, keep in mind that the prices have not dropped. And again, because they're not dealing with confidence or safety concerns, People are booking. In fact, bookings for 2022 are ahead of 2019, same time uh, this year. So people are booking. Now, I would say, well, again, what should we do for 2021? Um, I would tell you to I, I, I would recommend waiting until definitive answers and definitive schedules can be presented to consumers before they start to you know, make make plans. I mean, right now people could be making plans for you know, Mediterranean cruises. I don't think a lot of them uh, could be happening. I think the dates could wind up changing. We could see restrictions on sailings of uh, more than seven nights in Europe, like we, we are seeing them uh, from the CDC here. The EU may do the same thing. So if you're planning on a 12 or 14 night Mediterranean sailing this summer, or you're planning to go to the Baltic, uh, there's, there's a good chance that those, one, they may not happen, and, and two, um, you know, we, they, they may be shortened. So, it's, that's, you know, dealing with airlines and hotels and, and researching the ports that you're going to visit, maybe you want to do something before or after the cruise, because I could tell you in the Mediterranean, you know, uh, you know, she's last, uh, was it, 2019? I mean, I was, I was gone for with my daughter for like 27 days. Um, you know, we started in London. <laughs> we we took the train to Paris then we flew to Rome my wife and son you know flew over and met us and then we were um, you know off on our cruise and then you know after the cruise we we got off one day early and went up to venice for a couple days and then over to verona so the beauty of these types of, of experiences are it all depends on what we're allowed to do um, going forward Let's and, do it, and that
1: people who are already booking these cruises, question. who are these people?
2: Well, people are booking in 2022, 2021, you know, there are a lot of people booked. And, uh, again, those sailings for, you know, we're now up to may are now canceled. Um, I, I strongly believe, you know, June is going to be canceled, uh, as well. And, you know, hopefully July in, in the Caribbean, we can start to see some, some activity um but uh but people are looking for for 2022 and and they're booking like uh you know coronavirus is going to be gone and uh, they're making the they're making those plans so uh, for example like world cruises for 2022 that would start in january i i would say i would table that to 2023 and not do 2022 because the the issue remains what will the experience be like not only on the ship but ashore and you know there's you know right now with there there are um several cruise lines that have already resumed operation in europe um you know there's uh, costa cruises msc um royal caribbean's uh 2e has been operating since july but uh you know there, there's restrictions one american that we, we can't sail on those uh, on those sailings and you know the issue. The other issue is, um, if you're going to get off the ship, then you have to take the uh, shore excursions that are provided by the cruise line. And if you decide to venture off on your own, uh, you won't be allowed back on the ship. So there's, I call it prisoners of tour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not bad. That's I, not bad, I, my friend. But the reality is that you know they're just trying to you know keep the the passengers in as safe a bubble as, as they can. But, you know, when you're going to various ports around the world, I mean, part of the fun is immersing yourself in the in the destination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I love to get out and, and, and plan my own uh, excursions. It's it's a lot of fun. And a lot of these places I may have been, you know, I like to do, you know, we just like to get out and, and have, uh, uh, you know, have our own experience rather than one with the cruise line. But right now, the with the current plans, uh, including their, their, you know, Royal Caribbean is already s- is sailing out in Singapore, that they are requiring the passengers to, you know, stay on the tours that are organized because this way they control the buses, the tour operators, and they're doing everything they can to ensure that the people that the cruise passengers come in contact with, are COVID-free as well. So this way, nothing's brought back on the ship. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's absolutely the safe way to do it. But you know, a lot of people, one of the reasons they. You know, I have I have friends who say I don't want to go cruising because of that same reason. I don't want to have to ma- stay with the same group the entire time. I want the freedom to be able to do what I want to do. But you're saying that's probably not going to come back for a couple of years. Well,
2: no, I, I think it'll 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 come back hopefully sooner rather than later. Certainly not uh, a couple of years. It, it, but you know, when you're dealing with right now trying to plan a world cruise, for example, which most people don't do. know it's it's a large amount of large chunk of time it's like three months um but if you're you know backing up let's say you know looking at uh, the summer or this fall you know if we're allowed to you know travel to europe um will there be ships that we will be able to sail on and what will the experience be like the the ships are sailing at reduced capacities um they they are uh, taking you know all kinds of, of precautions And uh, unlike here in the United States with the CDC's rules, the the cruise lines are able to operate in a much different, more efficient manner. So if there are sick passengers that are detected during the course of the sailing, then those passengers uh, are are isolated, quarantined, and then essentially disembarked at the next port of call. The ship is then reviewed, you know, for health uh, and safety to ensure everyone else on board is safe and then they will allow the ship to continue, you know, based on what the CDC is is requiring that if ill passengers are detected, then let's say the ship that sailed out of Port Canaveral, you know, on the third day would have to return back to Port Canaveral. The rest of the cruise is canceled. Um, and, and that's just not, not a way that the industry wants to operate. So hopefully utilizing the successes that the cruise industry has experienced already in Europe, that maybe those best practices could be utilized here and then dealing with, you know, ports in the Caribbean that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be flexible as well, that they will accept those ill passengers, you know, that are quarantined. And then those passengers would then be flown back, uh, you know, to their homes. Yeah. Um, Sounds like it's going to be complicated
0: logistically. That's for sure. And, and there's other complications that are creeping up. I don't know if you've, I'm sure you have been following the news out of Key West, So basically, normally Key West is a very busy port for cruise ships. Uh, The cruise ships come through there, but it has been obviously a long time since those cruise ships have been there. And the people, some people in Key West are saying, you know, we kind of feel like our water quality has improved since those big ships weren't churning up things coming through. I can tell you're angry already, Stuart. But, you know, but I'm I'm curious as to what, because they're basically saying we don't want cruise ships after seeing what it's like without cruise ships. Maybe we could have a life without cruise ships. and and now there's sort of back and forth between their local government and state government who's saying, "Oh no, you're going to have cruise ships." I'm curious as to what you think about this situation. Could it be a real complication for the cruise industry if local governments start saying, "Hey, you know what? We kind of like it
2: better without these big ships coming in and out? Well, there's you know there's obviously there's there's two sides. And, um, you know, there's there's some people that, that don't like them. There's some people that, that need and depend on, on them. Um, you know, there are two public uh, piers in, in Key West. The one downtown is private. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a, a myriad of issues. But, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, why should a, you know, call it a gated community, be able to dictate, you know, what people living on neighboring islands do where they're, you know, they may have shops and restaurants and art galleries in Key West and they're dependent on tourism. You know, how can, you know, how can they, you know, restrict them from, you know, being able to earn a living? Uh, there's a lot of people that have never been to Key West, would never drive down to Key West, went on a cruise, experienced it, and then went back, um, you know, went back for, you know, uh, you know on, on their land vacation. Uh, it's 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 a it's it's a thorny issue that you know what you know how a you know a small community would be able to dictate you know what happens to other people living in the region. It's you know like you have uh, passengers, let's say, coming out of you know on on cruises, leaving out of um, you know new york and and Baltimore, and they stop in Port Canaveral. I mean, imagine if Brevard County said, well, those ships um, that that are coming here, uh, those passengers are not going to be allowed to leave any, you know, beyond Brevard County. So, you know, that means that they won't be able to come to Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. There, there are ramifications, which is why I think the state, um, you know, um, you know, state uh, legislators are intervening because there are a lot of a lot of uh, angry people that are very upset with the referendums that the key, you know, Key West uh, did because it it materially impacts them and, and their right, uh, you know, to, to, to live as well and earn an income. And, you know, this gated community is, is, is attempting to prevent that.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't have it both ways. So it's always, you just have to think about what's important and there are people down there who make their living, you know, and you can't take away that basic economy from them as well. So that's, I'm glad Matt brought that up because I'd forgotten. Yeah, it's a,
2: good, it's a great question. And, you know, listen, everyone has a, has a right. It's like if you had a building, you had an apartment and you had a beautiful view of the ocean and then someone bought the land in front of you, they built the building and now they're obstructing your view, you, you could do, you know, you could find a way to live with it or, you know, you can move. Um, I understand what they're trying to do, but uh, I can certainly tell you the people behind the referendum, uh, you know, one, they don't live there. And, you know, they're just trying to provoke, you know, different issues uh, in different communities and uh, in, in different ports around the world. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of very good things that are happening in the industry environmentally. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a, a an amicable way to, to resolve it.
1: Sure. You know, and speaking of keeping the economy afloat, Stuart, because uh, cruising is such a big industry here in central Florida. Can you talk a little bit about the potential for stimulus dollars uh, helping out the cruise industry?
2: Well, the the cruise lines are foreign flagged and foreign, uh, the ships are foreign flagged and foreign registered. Um, I don't think that they're going to be uh, entitled to any of the stimulus money, but then you've got businesses, U.S.-based businesses that are directly impacted. You have travel agents, you've got tour operators, you've got transportation companies, you've got the ports themselves that are, are bleeding, you know, terribly. Uh, I mean, to give you an idea of the impact into the United States, I mean, the cruise industry, um, you know, represents, it's a $60 billion industry and, uh, almost a half a million people are directly, uh, or indirectly employed in the cruise industry. I mean, it could be people, you know, reprovisioning the ships, the stevedores at the ports. Um, I mean, there, there's a myriad of people that are involved, you know, the, the, the travel agents that, that are, that are being impacted. I mean, you know, the industry has a direct spend of 24 billion dollars. Um, you know, you know, when you have you know the, these companies that are paying hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, actually, the industry pays over billion, you know, a billion dollars in U.S. government taxes and fees to all these different U.S. ports that that they visit. So it's a tremendous impact. Looking at the, you know, for airlines, I mean, you know, you have the, the cruise lines are the biggest uh, customers of of these airlines. So if we want to see those planes that are, you know, um, you know, uh, lining the runways in Victorville and other airports uh, around the country, you know, one of the quickest ways to get a lot of the airlines and hotels back in, in, in operation is to get the cruise industry back in operation.
0: I wonder, do you think those $1,400 checks that appear to be on the way for people making certain amounts, you know, that goes to people who both have lost their jobs and who still have their jobs. So if you're a person who's making what you normally made, now you get an extra $1,400 per person in the family. They're talking about child tax credits. I'm wondering if maybe a cruise will be paid for. Maybe I'm sure that's not what the government intended, but do you think the cruise industry could benefit from those? checks that are gonna be going out?
2: Well, the cruise industry is only gonna benefit when the ships resume operation. I mean, you know, people, you know, they, they can give people $100,000, but unless the ships are actually doing anything, um, we're not gonna be able to, you know, they're not gonna be able to benefit. People are booking, which is a great sign. It shows extreme confidence uh, in the industry, but until until they start and resume operations, um, I mean, it's it, which will take time, as I mentioned, I expect them to start with, you know, three to four cruise lines, a few ships from Miami and Port Canaveral, and then they expand. It's, it's going to take time for them to get those crews back on their ships. And, and it may take you know, cruise lines, you know, a month to reintroduce a new, another cruise ship uh, into, into full operation because these crews have to be quarantined, retrained. And uh, you know the ships you know which we you know are, are, are you know, there's a lot of ships nearby uh, you know h- hanging out in the Bahamas or at anchorage just off the coast of uh, Port Canaveral and Miami and, and Port overglades for example um, but then you've got a sh- you've got a lot of ships that are docked or anchored in various uh, stages of what we call cold or or warm storage so you know they could be hanging off the coast of Southampton England for example or there's you know, ships down off the coast of, of Barbados, um, but uh, it's going to take time to then, you know, get the crews, you know, brought back from their home countries and quarantined and retrained. And it, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And, and so right now what they're doing is they have minimal crews just dealing with operations uh, you know, to maintain the, the, the ships. Uh, you know, the crews are, are doing work on the ships to, you know, update and upgrade them. Uh, you know, uh, based on, you know, some of the latest uh, designs and dealing with health protocols. Uh, and and they're also, you know, coming in, they have to reprovision the ships, refuel, uh, get, you know, food and supplies. And then they, they they just, you know, they head back out. Some are, you know, they, they sail for a couple of days up and down the Florida coast. Uh, and then they go to various anchorages uh, in the Bahamas, uh, just west of, I think it was like Harbor Cay, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll see there's, there's gotta be 30 ships there right now. Um, I mean, the pictures are just, you know, just beautiful that I've, I've seen, uh, in, in videos of, of what the ships are doing and, and it's just a, a neat look, but yeah, we want to, you know, we want to get back out on them.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like a car. You can't just sit it in the garage cause then it's just gonna, you know, yeah. it's gonna like not run when you finally take it out. So they have to keep everything running smoothly.
2: You know, it's interesting, last year, last January, I flew out to St. Nazaire, France to see the new Celebrity Apex under construction. And the ship was about four weeks away from uh, delivery. So the ship spent another several months. The delivery was delayed. The Celebrity finally took delivery of it. And so the ship is literally in the Bahamas right now with its sister Celebrity Edge and a load of the other cruise ships. I mean, it's a brand new ship and technically it's a year old and it's never had a passenger on it oh. wow and uh you know there's there's been other deliveries uh virgin voyages you know which was just supposed to start uh they very you know their very first sailings uh scarlet lady came into miami and you know she's back in uh, genoa italy princess cruises took delivery of enchanted princess and so it's you know you know all these new ships are are being delivered But, uh, you know, no no passengers, unfortunately.
0: That's a lot of money sitting there in the garage. Well, first off, every story you tell, uh, you must have just the worst life. I'm sorry that you have to fly all (laughs) over the place and look at these cruise ships. I just feel horrible for you, and I will say some prayers for you tonight. Before I lay my head down and go to sleep, but I, I am concerned that some of these cruise. Are you worried that some of these cruise businesses are not going to be able to survive this? I mean, to build this crazy expensive ship and then not have anybody sit in it for a couple of years, possibly. How do you? How do these companies survive?
2: Well, the, the cruise lines are raising money, uh, billions of dollars, and it's not an issue. Uh, there's a lot of investors willing to invest a lot of into the. Which is, you know, Carnival Corporation, Royal Caribbean Group, and Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Um, you know, Carnival Corporation. I mean, you're you're talking one company there with nine cruise lines, and um, just under they they had a 105 ships, but uh, they've sold about 19 of them, and uh, which I mean, they they were just a lot of the older ships that uh, they were in the process of getting rid of. Anyways, uh, they just sped it up, which made a whole lot of sense because this way they can focus on they're newer more much more efficient ships um but uh the investors are continuing to support them uh they are, they're not having any issues with uh you know being lent the money because you know the, the the financial markets know that uh when we can not the IDF, but when they're allowed to resume operations that they will be able to do so and the demand that they're, they're showing on future bookings is, is incredibly strong. And what's more is when these, when these sailings are canceled, only 50% of the people are, are essentially asking for their money back. The other 50% are taking future cruise credits. So it just shows a very strong, uh, level of, of confidence that consumers have. So, you know, the, there's not an issue of, of them getting the, the money to continue to deal with, you know, let's say spending. Two, two to five hundred million dollars uh, a month uh, dealing you know, with operations in order to maintain uh, the ships uh, as, as they wait to get ready to resume but you know I can certainly tell you I think that everyone's kind of catching on that you know why are these you know pauses continuing and people are, are getting are, are starting to now you know figure out that uh, you know everyone's just waiting on the CDC to finally just re-engage, and, and go come up with realistic expectations and allow the ships to to get back i mean you've got the hotels that are able to to operate the theme parks are, are, are operating very safely and uh, you know there, there's no reason that the cruise lines uh, won't be able to as well
1: yeah, Disney was just saying that business is really getting back to kind of the way it was before, so that's hopeful for us here in in Central Florida. I want to ask you a, a question about you know future bookings because it seems like space is going to be limited, right? So if you're one, if you're a person and you want to be one on uh, on those first cruises, what do you think we should be doing to, you know, ensure we get to the front of the line? Because it seems like oh boy. If people aren't canceling their bookings, they're just kind of pushing it to future uh, cruises. That's not going to bode well for me if I haven't booked yet. What's your best advice?
2: Yes, it is. You, you'll be fine.
1: Uh, okay. So you know,
2: essentially, <laughs> you know, okay, we're we would typically, you know, by the end of March, the the cruise industry would typically be at about 80% booked for that calendar year. Um, so you know is there has there really ever been an issue of not being able to find availability on on ships and sailings after that uh, there there's there's plenty so but but right now ginger i mean me personally i would wait to make those bookings uh, for, especially for 21 until the cruise lines can you know finally have a definitive plan in which they're going to resume there's no sense in you know going in and making you know caribbean bookings for july when I'm telling you the seven night sailings, they're they're not going to happen. We may not really see seven night sailings if they're able to start those test cruises in June or July. You know, we may not see those seven night sailings uh, being able to resume till maybe the fall, um, which is not what really any of us want to hear. But I mean, again, I'm just trying to provide a realistic expectation. And in those resumption of cruises, which I'm hoping is going to be June or July. Like I said, you know, that that's only if the cow jumps over the moon and you know the planets align. There's a lot of things that have to take place in order for that to occur. So if the, if they are able to, you know, do it in June uh, or July, then you know, probably you know we'll we'll see shorter cruises for uh, a couple of months before they start to resume those seven night sailings that, uh, that a lot of us enjoy, but, uh, then, you know, that's the resumption, but we're also having to deal, the, the industry is having to deal with the ports. What's the port experience going to be like, how are they going to treat the, the cruise passengers coming off the ships? So there's a lot of pieces. So because there's so much unknown, if you haven't planned for 2021, I, I would just wait until there's a more definitive picture. And then you can make your um, vacation plans uh, based on what is known. That makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I know, but repeat that again, because we said it at the very beginning of this, because, you know, we just did a story uh, the other day, which said that, you know, Disney and Carnival both confirmed sailings are canceled until June. So people are like, oh, I can start for July then. That's not how it's going to work.
2: Oh. So, when again, when the cruise lines provide cancellations, these are not indications of when. Cruise lines expect to resume operations. Um, it's, it's, you know, so we see reports, Carnival canceled through May. That means that they're expected to sail in June. And that is not what they're saying. Yeah. Well, thank you for that's clearing what I that want to up. Drive yeah. That's
1: what I want to drive home. Because yeah. people get excited and maybe we need to do a better job in relaying that information. So that's mm-hmm. why I wanted you to say it again. Yeah. So whenever we do those stories, we can say, now that doesn't mean that next month, It's going to start sailing again. That that means it's
0: definitely not ever 0% (laughs) chance of happening until then. Hey, Stuart, you have been fantastic. I appreciate uh, you dropping some knowledge on us. I know people just like dreaming about cruises right now and just getting out of their house and getting into some nice warm water. So we appreciate you and and you, me, Ginger, let's all do a vacation. What do you say about 40 days in the Mediterranean? I mean, come on. (laughs)
2: Let me tell you, it's it's really wonderful out there. <laughs> but right now, dealing with those conditions, it's like uh, the Venice that that we know, or the Rome that we we we've enjoyed, you know, before and after the cruises. It's very different right now, which is why, you know, it's it's like getting on a plane. You know, you want to go to L.A. L.A. is not what you think it was uh, when you ha- you know you had those fond memories, and yeah. it's best to just wait until those communities can. You know, get back on their feet, and uh, you know we can have a more normalized experience.
1: Yeah, and be there to you know to fill their pockets with some some money. yeah, let's yeah. hope. Uh,
2: and and that's why that's why I mentioned Alaska is really uh, gonna I think it's gonna be a great opportunity. Alaska, um, and uh, you know maybe even you know heading out to Hawaii airfares are are less expensive. The hotels are gonna be you know pretty aggressive to continue to get uh, more tourists out there. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about uh, Alaska for the summer. You planted
1: uh, that seed in my head because I've never been to Alaska and now I really want to like, go.
2: It's, it's a beautiful place to go and it's, it's, there's so much to do on the outdoors. And you know, yeah. I can only tell you, you know, I remember renting a car. Uh, you know, I, I flew in you know, the, you know, one night into Anchorage, Ginger, and then I rented a car to, to meet up with the group mm-hmm. down in Seward because I actually had to do a, a TV remote from, from Alaska one year. And I mean, it was just great, you know. You had to stop, and you know, you had these these, you know, mom and pop restaurants along the way. Uh, I wound up having to do a radio show in L.A., so I had to stop at some place, and I was actually um, panning for gold while I was waiting to do the. Paper. Nice, <laughs> tough life again. Feel terrible for you. Yeah, my life is awful. You know, life my tear tears are rolling. So, <laughs> Matt, I've been stuck at uh, cruise 276 for for a year now. Man. Yeah. Which uh it's tough. I, I was almost gonna be uh, close to three hundred probably we'll, by this we'll point.
0: link we'll link the GoFundMe page to this
2: episode of Florida's <laughs> fourth estate. But it's it's important, you know, the the, the good thing about uh, you know just you know you know all joking aside with with doing that land tour in Alaska, we have an opportunity to help the people living in Alaska with their you know with their livelihoods and 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 you know you know creating jobs. So it's nice to go, be able to go and have a vacation, but uh, you know, specifically there in Alaska, we're going to be able to save a lot of people's jobs by by considering doing something like that this summer.
0: Yeah, all if the no, cow have- jumps over the moon, which is what we're hoping for. <laughs> Stuart, thank you so much, the cruise My guy, welcome. for helping us out with all of this stuff, and hopefully we'll talk to you again when uh, cruise ships are sailing with actual people on them
1: you on a boat. Yes. <laughs> Set sail, <laughs>
0: Captain. <laughs> Have a great thank one.
1: Thank you, Stuart. Good seeing you. And thank you guys for joining us for Florida Sports season